What's going on, guys? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, pre-recorded as I always do doing, during these COVID-19 times, and I got a good one. I got a fellow Canadian, one of the final graduates of the Hart Family Dungeon, a legend in my mind, a future Hall of Famer in my opinion, and since it's my show, my opinion's the only one that matters. Please help me welcome TJ Wilson, a.k.a. Tyson Kidd, to Straight Talk Wrestling. How are you, sir? George, I, I love your opinion, man. I'm, I'm down with that. So uh, that's awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, I, from a fellow Canadian and somebody who myself is uh, a heart like family geek out hardcore. When I was a kid, yeah. Bret Hart was somebody I looked up to, but then I gravitated more towards his brother. I consider Owen to be Owen. the greatest of all time. I mean, yeah, he's done real good, man. He was, he was so good. I think he was, uh, I mean, I don't know about ahead of his time, but I mean, he was in terms of his uh, in-ring ability, obviously, but, um, even as character wise, you know, I think well, I like this is just a little thing. I, I mentioned this once in a while, but I know for a fact, like um, WWE gave Kurt Angle a bunch of Brett matches to watch when he was first um, first signed. And in, it's my opinion. I think I maybe had this conversation with Kurt one time, but it's my opinion that he got like in watching those. He obviously saw a lot of Brett versus Owen. And you could see to me anyway, I could see a lot of characteristics of Owen in Kurt Angle and I always in my own mind put it together that it was because he watched these tapes because I knew I knew that like the company had put together these like comp hitman compilations and then I know they wanted Kurt to watch something like that because maybe it associated more so with what an Olympic gold medalist would wrestle like in WWE so I always figured that he got a lot of the personality traits even if subconsciously from like those Owen matches oh hands down I mean I could watch WrestleMania 10 all day every day I just All tweeted day. about it uh, with yeah. um, Eddie Kingston. I mean, the the WrestleMania 10 is unbelievable, man. That opening match. It, uh, I remember, like, when as a fan, like realizing that it was on first and being so excited. I was I was super excited about that too, but I was even I was more heartbroken because I even as I got older, I felt like it should have been further down the card. It should have been something as fans we should have waited for. No yeah, else. I know what you're saying. I just think, especially like now and, you know, me being a wrestler, a former wrestler and me, uh, I understand why it would be on first and then Brett could wrestle first and last. I, I get that part of it. I mean, you easily could have started the show with um, Lex and Yokozuna, which obviously, you know, would have been good, but it wouldn't, it would, it's not Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. Absolutely. And I, and I know I'm super biased in saying that. I'm, I'm openly super biased in saying that. 100%. I agree with you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna doubt your opinion <laughs> at all. I know from doing my research that you are like a wrestling aficionado. I read an article, a blog that your wife did an interview with you. And yeah. she pretty much said, your knowledge is unreal. And um, I, I can tell I try, I try, I try to hold true to that. Uh, luckily, for you know, whatever reason, it's maybe a gift and a curse. I have a, a great memory, great memory. So if I watch something or I'm there for something, uh it, it takes a lot for me to forget about it or forget it in general so uh, in terms of like studying um uh, you know the the being a student of the game uh i can watch something one time and have a pretty good memory of it absolutely and, and one i know one of your favorite matches from again doing my research one of your favorite matches is SummerSlam 92 yes it's sir Brett versus another great davy boy smith the british bulldog yeah uh that match is the match where I instantly, in an instant, I decided that 
I mean, not even decided. I, that's just the instant that I knew I was going to be a wrestler. Um, prior to that, I didn't know that wrestling could kind of look like that, if that makes any sense. I didn't realize a match could be like that. And um, I mean, God, it, it, it just captured my imagination and made me, I was already like in love with wrestling, but it made, it made me fall into this deep love that uh, here I am. 28 years later and I'm still trying to figure out how to maybe get out of it and I can't so it is what it is man uh, no that match is unbelievable and it just I, I was a 12 year old boy and it like just took my imagination to a different level and allowed me to um, really like I said really fall in love with wrestling on a whole different level that I I already loved wrestling but you know I, I loved I guess like the theatrics and the characters and things like that and not that Brett and Davey didn't both have those elements to them as well, but the fact that like a wrestling match captivated 83,000 people for that length of time, and you know, when you're younger, like that match is probably around 30 minutes, just off the top of my head, probably, uh, you know, with entrances and the spectacle and everything's like 40, probably. Um, as a kid, it felt like an hour, but it felt like, but not in a bad way. Like I was entertained throughout the whole thing. So yeah, man, that match, that match sparked a lot in me in terms of, um, like I said, the creativity of like, okay, you can, you can do this in a match. It's not, you're not just limited to this. They're like, all this is open, whatever's in here. Absolutely. And um, one of the, uh, one of the articles that I tapped in a lot of my research from was uh, one written by a, a mutual friend of ours, Jan Murphy. Okay, he wrote yep. it. Yeah, Tyson Kids, wrestling comeback kid. He wrote it in 2018, and he yeah. talks all about the history. And the one thing that I found fascinating is because I'm also a big fan of this man. You and Teddy Hart, you guys did not see eye to eye back in the fourth grade. There was uh, <laughs> there was oh, a little not. bit of <laughs> I don't really like this guy too much. <laughs> yeah, I you know it's funny. I think um, I think we we have a lot of funny similarities, and then we obviously have a lot of uh, differences. But um, I think we had some similarities, especially as kids in school. I think we both were like two of the smaller kids in our, in our class, in our grade. Uh, we both like, it's so funny, like uh, our whole lives, we've been like the same, we've been close to the same size as each other, like our whole lives. Like, since we were kids, we're two of the smallest kids in the class. We both hit our growth spurts super late, but like both like relatively close to each other. We've never, like he's, there's times where he's been bigger than me by a little bit, but it's never been like too, too much bigger than me. We've always floated around the same size height wise, um, you know, on the scale, uh, our strength, even in the gym is never too far off. It's just funny. Uh, but yeah, man, I think we were a little bit similar and we were both were very mouthy and I think maybe it was, a little bit of defense mechanism of being so small that I'd like to kind of beat guys to the punch and be mouthy first. And then, I don't know, man, I don't, but we both, I think we're like that. And it, it made me not want to be his friend at first. And uh, in fourth grade, so a very funny story. I, I was held back in ECS in kindergarten and I, the next year I had to do kindergarten in the morning in grade one um, in the afternoon. And then next year I'm in grade one. And then anyway, um, I did this, I did, I was in grade three for like uh, a month and I did like two weeks of testing and then they accelerated me to fourth grade. And uh, so I was actually in Ted's sister's class and now I'm in Ted's class and they had just come to our school. I've been in that school for a couple years at that point. And then he, now they're there. And uh, I just remember thinking like, I don't like this guy. And we're in the same class in fourth grade and we're not friends. We don't talk really. 
And then um, fifth grade, just the way the teacher had this stuff, the desk set up was like these groups of four desks, two desks beside each other facing two desks. And Ted and I had a mutual friend. And uh, I remember at the end of the first day of class, I moved my desk, my friend moved his desk a little bit away from this block. Then the third guy moved his, then Ted came in the next day. And I tell this story a bunch, but he came in the next day. He's like, man, the janitor's here. They're messing around. They didn't move my desk back over with you guys. And then he moved his desk over. And there was something in my brain that said, well, I'm not gonna be able to get away from this guy this year. So I may as well embrace it. And here we are, here we are 30 years later and uh, I'm still snowballed in. So uh, I, I've sat and thought to myself a lot, man, what happens if I don't get accelerated? What happens if I'm not in the class with Ted? What if like Ted wasn't so, like, it's so weird. I don't know why he's, I was just this little pale, skinny kid. I wasn't an athlete, definitely not at that time. I don't know. I don't know what was it about me that made him want to like try so hard to be my friend. And then, and then like we became friends. Like he, Ted was very popular. He's always very popular in school. Um, I was a, I like, I was mouthy, but I was also super shy, super shy. Like the, I, there's two sides to me like that. Uh, he's not like that. He's not shy at all in any situation this guy um so it just it's funny man i thought like what happened what does my life look like if i if i don't just give in to being friends with him or if i don't um if i don't accelerate third grade and join his class like man it's crazy it's so crazy because i i really like wrestling the brief bit that i saw of it before but it quickly gets banned in my household uh i live with my mom and two sisters so when i come home trying wrestling moves wrestling gets banned very quickly at home and uh edge. i read that story too razor's edge yeah man it's <laughs> very true it's very true and now then uh, you know now being friends with him every saturday be wrestling you know it was of course like a friday night sleepover then on saturdays like okay there's like a couple hours of wrestling this wrestling block of wrestling i gotta get through and then we can play video games and stuff again and then next thing you know i'm loving this stuff and then like i said summer 92 um in man so it's all it's all this is all teddy's fault <laughs> no we we thank teddy we thank teddy for, yeah, for pushing that because if teddy didn't push that we would have never had tyson kid in our lives and as a wrestling fan you got to appreciate the ability of anybody that comes out of the dungeon the dungeon yeah, is man. legacy i i definitely one of my bucket lists for sure is to go to calgary is to see the family home from the outside obviously yeah yeah go pay homage and respect to owen um, and all that stuff because yeah. the heart, the heart family is as a kid. I mean, I was, I was different. I was like, much like Teddy, if I had something to say, I said it and I didn't feel yeah. bad about it. I spent yeah, a lot yeah. of time at home because I got suspended for my mouth, getting me in trouble, but yeah. I was also really shy and a little introverted. And I think wrestling helped me find that voice. And oh man. Yeah, that's, that's what wrestling did for me. A million percent, man. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it helped me find my voice. I met my my wife as a diehard wrestling fan, much like myself. That's awesome. I have two daughters. Uh, my 11-year-old, who also does stuff with me, I call her the mini host. She does these uh, little five-question segments. And my four-year-old, who I shit you not, she can give the best arm bar in the business. I have taught her well. Taught her wow. Best. Hell yeah, man. That's <laughs> awesome. That's so awesome. we all we always get together. We watch the pay-per-views. And the great thing is, is that I've told them not to, you know, keep all the eggs in one basket. You can love WWE, and that's okay. You can love AEW. You can love Impact. The great thing about being a wrestling fan now is that there's so much out there. And the network is a great tool. Because when you and I were kids, all we had was Jumbo Video and Blockbuster. Dude, I, 
so yeah so i did it i did an interview earlier today and i told this story man like if i had the network when i was a kid i don't even know i don't even know like how much more into wrestling i would be man it was crazy like i would watch like uh, i would tape like saturday morning superstars whatever and then like all week long i just would watch the same episode until the next week's episode I didn't have the network to where I could surf through and watch anything. I, and I remember getting like a King of the Ring 94 tape. I'm not kidding around when I watch that every day. Uh, like I watch that tape every day. I could mimic the entire matches. Like not now, but at the time I can mimic every match, man, from beginning to end on that card. I knew, uh, I knew what, uh, the, I knew what the announcers were saying, Macho Man arguing with uh, Donovan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Monsoon. Yeah, oh, commentator teams, man. That's yeah. there were some legends in the game for sure. Legends in the game for sure. Yeah, and I, I like I, I would watch that, but now with the network and YouTube, it's awesome. And um, and I'm saying that in a good way. I, there's just so much stuff, man. It's it's cool. It's, I I love, I love how much wrestling there is out there. I think it's a great thing. Absolutely. And, and, and it's a great time to be a fan. And so just to just kind of circle back to your history a little bit. I know you debuted at Rockyford Rodeo at 15. Yeah. 15, yeah. man. That's yeah. insane. You were in the dungeon, Sunday night dinners at, at the Hart family house. And so I got to ask this. Yeah. What was Sunday dinner like at the Hart family house? Yeah, Sunday dinner was unbelievable because uh, if like if Brett was coming, we usually know beforehand it was like a big deal. I remember like I'd been around for I mean, obviously not every Sunday dinner at this point. There is a time where I eventually am at every Sunday dinner, every Sunday, but at, not a, not at first here and there. And I remember like I don't meet Brett until probably 90. Like I'm hanging out with the family around, uh, you know, starting in 1990. I don't think I met Brett till probably 92 or 93. Just a was like rarely home and then when he would be home you know he, 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 I finally met him at a Sunday dinner that he came to uh in like I think 93 and uh I I'd met I'd met Davey and Jim prior to that because um they didn't live in Calgary uh, well like at one point they didn't live in Calgary and so like they'd come up for a show they would come to Teddy's gym you know, rather than do their home stuff, like they're on the road, so they'd come to the gym and I would see them. And so I met them before I met Brett, which is very funny, but I'm trying to think, you know, what's a good, I can never remember what's the first like live event I ever went to. I remember going to probably 92 or 93. I remember, uh, so I probably would have, I, I met Brett at, at, at the hard house before I met, before I met him at a, before I saw him at a live event. But I remember seeing like Owen versus Razor Ramon at 11. But that, even that wasn't my first one. Probably 93 is my first one. I'd have to look it up. Um, was it in your house? I believe in doing my research. It was it in your house that Owen flew you guys out for? I mean, yes, I eventually I do that. So I, I went to WrestleMania 12 before that. That same year, Owen flew me there too. So oh. yeah, yeah. Owen flew me to WrestleMania 12. And then he flew me to In Your House International Incident in uh, Vancouver. Um, yeah, man. Like I said, I just... I went to uh, Teddy's house, which was actually a gym his parents owned, and they lived up in the quarters above it. And then um, I got invited to Stu's for Sunday dinner. And I've been snow I've been snowed into this family ever since, man, for 30 years. It's like, I believe the quote that I read in the article was, it's like it's like the mafia. It's like the godfather. You had yeah. Teddy, who's Sonny, vouched for you. And once yeah. you're in, 
you're in for life. And that's not a bad thing. You're looped in with some legends, but you yourself are a legend in your own right. I appreciate it. Think is it one of the Godfathers where it's like uh, uh, the one guy's not actually he's not actually related, right? And he kind of takes over. Yeah, the the Sonny's bastard son. Yeah, that's me. I'm Sonny's bastard son. That's me. (laughs) I've taken over. So one of my favorite times in your career. I mean, and you had some great times. Obviously, there was the rejuvenation of the Hart Dynasty with you and uh, Harry Smith. That was a good time in Italia as well. That was a fantastic time. Uh, Being a Canadian fan, seeing the Hart Dynasty comeback, seeing these young bucks coming in, kicking ass and taking names. I fucking love that. Especially once they brought Usos in for us to kind of play with. Absolutely. And I'm a big fan of tag team wrestling. I'm a huge fan of tag team wrestling. Me too. Purest purest form of wrestling. But my favorite time with you and your tag team career, as much as I love the rejuvenation of the Hart Dynasty, it's when you and Cesaro teamed. That whole storyline with the New Day – yeah. That raised the goddamn bar. I appreciate that. So many levels. And it yeah. was almost every match in my eyes. I went back and rewatched all of them in preparing for this. And oh, every I'm... match was a different story told, a different dance, a different art form. And the chemistry that you five had, because sometimes Xavier or Kofi or Biggie, they'd switch it up. Yep. But you, you and Cesaro always had this ridiculous game plan for no matter who out of the two out of the three you were facing. I know. You always had something ready. And half the yeah. time, I wasn't even sure how the hell you pulled it off. It's funny. Um, when I did the bump on in uh, February, they brought they uh, brought Harry there, and they had Cesaro on the screen, uh, you know, by a satellite or whatever. So, <clears throat> uh, and they asked me. They tried to put me on the hot seat. They asked me like, what uh, what tag team did I prefer? And it's like, well, Harry, I teamed with in my very first ever match in 1995, and then 15 years later we win the tag team titles on Monday Night Raw. So, I mean, how much more storybook can that, does it get? It doesn't get any more storybook than that. Um, the truth is when I team with Cesaro, it's after my NXT run. And I'm not saying I'm, I became a complete performer, but in terms of me, in terms of Tyson Kidd, I'm a way more complete performer in 2014, 2015 than I am in 2010. I mean, no doubt. So in terms of that, I think I kind of, um, you know, if, if I, I guess I was in control of it, but uh, I, in a way, I almost, I feel like I almost let Harry down because like, if I wish I could team with him when in 2014, 2015 and a, he's very different then than he is in 2010, but I could really show like what I could do then. It just is a different in 2009, 2010. Uh, I'm still pretty new on the roster and I'm still trying to find my way 2014, 2015. I'm very, um, confident in myself and I'd worked a lot with dusty roads in promos in terms of promos. And I, kind of understood my character a lot more in 2015 than I did in 2010 and I just felt a lot more sense of I guess not in a bad way but like almost like more comfortable and more I could be be me and uh yeah but but I don't it's so weird man again I know I I did an interview earlier today too um I was talking with Seamus maybe a month ago and he he couldn't believe that Cesar and I only teamed for six months, but I, I mean, six months to the day, like June, uh, sorry, December 1st, 2014 was a Monday. And my last match is June 1st, 2015, which is also a Monday. I'm talking six months to the day we were a tag team and um, Cesaro, uh, Seamus couldn't believe it. He thought we were a team for at least a year, a year and a half. So I like that we did. I was able to have this kind of like a uh, lasting effect in this little tag run that I had with Cesaro uh, I guess the shame of it is like 
I don't think we scratched the surface. I think, um, I think we were only just beginning to be perfectly honest. I, and I, I've had a lot of time to reflect and I kind of, I'll, I'll, I can't change it. So I'll just take the positive out of it in a weird, as much as this may not make sense in a weird way, I'm kind of, I'm not glad my career, my in-ring career ended, but if it had to end, I'm glad it ended for me, for Tyson at my peak and not maybe a year before coming out of a knee injury and maybe you're unsure if I'm able to kind of reach that next level or not, or at least the way it went down, I had that NXT run and I had those six months with Cesaro. So I just have to be grateful for that, to be honest. Absolutely. And I mean, June 1st, 2015, anybody can do the research. We know what happened. Uh, muscle, muscle buster taken the wrong way. And yeah. things like this happen. There are risks. And, and for anybody out there who thinks that wrestling is a fake, it's not. Real risks yeah. are taken. And we have yeah. to appreciate what you guys do. I mean, not so much right now during COVID, but when the world's back to normal, you guys are out there 300 plus days a year and nobody yeah. understands the grind. I myself have the utmost respect for anybody that puts themselves in that ring. Anybody who does that dance, anybody who tells that story. Me too. And the cool thing about you, though, is that two years later, you get a shot at becoming a producer. And this is fascinating for me. And I don't want to pull back the curtain too much, even though the curtain's yeah. kind of always been exposed. But mm -hmm. I, I got to ask, in terms of the producing of the matches, a couple yeah. of different questions. And whatever you can answer, great. Whatever you no, can sure, yeah. understand. But in terms of the producing stuff. When it comes to producing the matches, um, how does the process start in terms of discussing a match? Like, are you, when you're at the arena that day, does somebody come up to you and say, okay, listen, today you're doing these three matches on the card, and then you have only a certain amount of time with each kind of bars to prepare? Kind of. So I'll show up, you know, if it's a pay-per-view, a lot of times I'll, I'll have the heads up. Uh, I'll, I'll know what match I have probably a few weeks before usually, and then I'll probably know the the parameters of the match and meaning like the time and, and, you know, the winner, um, but that could change too, but, you know, probably two days before if it's a pay-per-view and then I show up. Uh, so for a pay-per-view, I'll, I'll kind of know in a little bit in advance more than like just a raw or SmackDown. Um, and then, you know, we have a production meeting. We kind of go over some stuff. Um, maybe I'll get, you know, different orders or different, you know, something specific that needs to be hit in a, in a match or, or not. And then um, I go find the talent and we, uh, the, and then we enter my favorite part or my, maybe my second favorite part. We enter my second favorite part, which is collaborating and creating. I don't ever come in with a game plan that it only has to be the way I see it in my head. I come in and I maybe have a game plan and I get with the talent. And if they're on a, thinking something different i'll quickly jump to their their deal and we'll uh, and i'll start mapping out from the way they're seeing it I, I never go in as a talent i always like it when my producers would be pretty open obviously there's certain times where uh things are very specific and you just have to do what you have to do and you know that's life but uh a lot the fun part of what we get to do is that we get to create and we get to uh the truth is it's it everything that we do is in our imagination so like to me, like, that's so fun. It's so fun. It, it can be so fun and it should be so fun because we're creating it. It's, sure, there are certain rules we, that have to be followed. We get that. But also at the same time, it's like, it's limitless. And um, so my second favorite part becomes the collaboration part where 
it's an open, it's a blank canvas and we're all throwing paint on this canvas and seeing what we want to, what picture do we want to paint today? And then, and then my favorite part is when they actually go out and um, execute it even better than I had it in my mind. And then it turns out so awesome. And it's, it, I'll be honest, it's a job, like Johnny Laurinaitis would talk to me about being a producer, like back when I was at Talent, and I would tell him, no way, never gonna happen. Um, couldn't picture myself doing it. As much as I love wrestling and love the business and love a lot of aspects about it, I just, uh, the it's I've, I've inherited this trait. It's a heart family trait, but we're late for everything. So uh, getting the TVs is no problem when I'm a town. I can just text Mark Carano and tell him, hey, I'm going to be 20 minutes late. I'm at the gym. It doesn't work the same way when I'm trying to get to a production meeting before Vince. So uh, I have to I have to beat him. I have to physically beat him there. So um, it can be a bit of a challenge sometimes. But luckily, uh, he might have spent some time around the heart family, too, when it comes to uh, getting there on time. So uh it's a race who's a little who's who's least late and uh but you know what though I so I didn't think I would I would really like it and later on you know after my injury and I had a little bit of time to heal and we discussed this possibly being a road we can go down uh, I wanted to go in with an open mind and, and try to like it I didn't want to go in with the mindset of telling myself that I already didn't like it so I wanted to go in with an open mind and treat it properly and treat it give it a fair chance and um it took me a little while. Uh, I'd been away for two years. So now I'm around all the same, you know, there's some different people, but mostly the same people that I hadn't really seen in two years. You know, most of the talent reach out to me when I got hurt. So we, we stayed, we stayed in contact, but it's different when I get to see everybody weekly. And um, I don't know, I always use the word shell shock. I don't know if that's the right word, but it took me a minute to like kind of get into the groove of things on this side of the, of the curtain. And Looking back now, I it's crazy. I couldn't imagine like not not being a producer, as weird as that might sound. It's I love it. It's it's um like way way more fulfilling than I ever would have expected. I mean, it, uh, on a lot of occasions, it's more fulfilling than than my actual in ring career, my my own personal in ring career, doing what I'm doing now, which is like if I now could tell my tj from six years ago seven years ago this he would not believe me and 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 i would understand why like this being like this role as much as i have and as much as i do so and that that goes to a lot of the talent that goes to you know i've worked with almost all the guys you know i mean literally everyone um and they've all been awesome and now you know, 2020 especially, but even, you know, a lot in 2019 too. I worked with um, a lot of the girls, the women exclusively, and it's been a lot of fun. And it's this cool game of like catch up, I kind of feel like with the girls and they're they're wanting to prove, they're wanting to prove that they are as good as, as they are. And it's it's very cool for me to be a part of that. Even a very small part of it, I love it. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a proud girl dad. And um, I have taught both of my daughters from day one that you could do anything that a man could do. Yeah, and man, they, they, they really can. And any, in some ways they can do it better. And I, we, I'm a big advocate of women's wrestling. I believe that uh, the day that the Divas moniker got dropped and they became superstars, I believe that was one of the best days in the history of the business. Uh, I have seen so many bright matches. My daughter and I, we fight because she has her favorites. I have my favorite. Um, you know, she, she's, she loves Natty. 
And that's not just because you're on screen with me. She loves Natty. She loves Sasha Banks. Um, she loves Carmella. She loves Carmella. I I have my strong opinions of Carmella because she's she's great at being that one. It, you know, like I just want to sometimes just like oh, I just want to you know pop her right in the nose, but I yeah. can't do it. And I, obviously Bailey, Oscar. Um, if you go legendary, I mean Charlotte Flair is the epitome. And then on in other promotions, we've got a lot of favorites as well. But in terms of the the women's division in WWE, I think they they trailblazed a lot of things. Yeah. So many legends came out of there. And now it's helped spun this whole wonderful thing where women are second to none in this sport. There's no, well, they're number two. No, no, they're equal. They're no, equal now, think, and that's the greatest part of it. Again, I'm going to probably be pretty biased, much like when I speak about the Hart family. Um, I, I guess I won't get into specifics. I don't want to cause too much dissension, but uh, I think in the three in the three buildings that we've been in so far in what you'd maybe call pandemic uh, wrestling, I think the girls have had the best match at the PC. I think the girls have had the best match at Amway. And I think thus far the girls have had the best match at Tropicana. And that's my opinion. I know I'm going to be super biased because I ex almost exclusively work with the girls, with the women. And I know that it's so I, I'm fully aware of how biased I am. And um, that's my opinion. I think, and, and you know, I've seen a lot of great matches out of the guys too. I, I'm not taking anything away from them. I just think the girls, the women have been so um so stellar i think during 2020 i mean not that they haven't been in years prior but i think 2020 for some weird reason has really unlocked a lot in the women and um man it's like i said earlier and i'll say it you know forever it, it's just so cool to be a part of it and like you said when you know i, I understand why the diva moniker was put into play i understood it, it it made them different and it you know even today i'll see people who still will call them divas so it shows you there is power in them being labeled something different there was power in it at that time uh, then at one stage it starts to take obviously a negative um maybe connotation a little bit and i know maybe the term itself derived from like almost a negative connotation but i feel like wwe didn't give it that spin they actually you know divas didn't just mean you know someone who's like stuck on themselves or or whatever and not in wwe world anyway um but anyway since they did drop that moniker and we you know they're just they're superstars just like roman reigns is a wwe superstar so is bailey they're both wwe superstars so once we got eliminated that and that's on the company side of things you know all bets were off to me Absolutely. And I have this question. I think you might be able to give a really good insight because you do work with the girls so exclusively. Um, there have been a lot of uh, groundbreaking moments in WWE in terms of the women's division and, and the, their rise to what they're doing. They've had Money in the Bank matches, Hell in the Cell matches, Steel Cage matches, all that kind of stuff. They're, they've had those matches and they've done yeah, them no. successfully. Do you think that with, I mean, I'm going to quote another company for now. So yeah. Back Wrestling, what they did with Tessa Blanchard, they put the heavyweight title on her. That was a big moment in the history mm -hmm. of the sport. Do you think WWE is not that far off from kind of doing the same thing in the near future or in the Yeah, future? I mean I, I mean possibly or or I even see it a little bit differently like that, like I think that's a cool moment for sure and it's very groundbreaking. Um it, to me I almost just think like I and I and it is very cool and, and I mean definitely like you know I like I could see one of our women winning the 
men's world title. But I also see with the, the talent that we have, I, I see the women's title being either, you know, just as important or becoming more important than the, than the, than the heavyweight title. I don't, I don't see why, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, so I, I do think that that's a cool concept and a cool aspect, but I also think there's something very cool in like that SmackDown women's title or that raw women's title being elevated to the point that it is the focal point of the show. I know the, I know maybe the, the talent pool is a little bit smaller in terms of who would be challengers. I get that, but that's part of the, that's part of the interest as well, where like, for example, I counted the other day. I feel like there's maybe like nine or 10 women on, um, on SmackDown. And I think they're all very strong contenders. And I think, and I think that makes that title and that division so much stronger to me. And, um, I guess what I'm excited for, uh, and I'll throw this out there, except that I know it's going to be uh, a long day of work for me, is uh, eventually um, Evolution Two, and seeing and yeah. seeing like seeing what that it, it's got to come someday, whether that's you know in 2021 or five years down the road. We know Evolution Two is eventually going to be something, and three, four, five, you know, whatever it becomes, whatever. But it's going to be, um, I look forward to the next one because I thought the first one was a huge success and that was a few years ago. And I think even you look at the talent on that show and how much better they've all gotten. You look at how much, I mean, the match I had that day, uh, I, I think I may have had another match, but for sure I had the the six the six woman tag with uh, Natalia, Sasha and Bailey against uh, um, Riot Squad. It was an awesome match. And you look at how much better all those talents are and they were great then and how much better they even are right now and how much more like complete characters like Sasha and Bailey are now than they were two or three years ago. Like it's scary, man. It's really, really scary. I'm going to be like, I know I'm going to preface this a lot, but I'm very biased when it comes to the women because I work with them a lot and I work very closely with them. And um it's cool to see because a lot of times like their minds are just like pure wrestling, like 24 seven. Like they'll send me texts of like, they'll send me texts throughout the week before like a big match of like videos they have on their phone from Japan or some other place. Like, you know, I, I had Lana sending me um, some Yuji Nagata Tanahashi clips like six weeks ago. I, I would have never suspected that. I would have never suspected Lana to send me some Tanahashi and Yuji Nagata stuff, man. So like that type of stuff is just so awesome for me to see. And, and I don't know, I can't say enough. I can't say enough great things about, um, about this role that I'm in and about um, the talent that I work with. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of times you're viral after a raw or a SmackDown. I don't know if you know this, but there's always a meme. If you produce a match and fans found out that you produce a match and it's match of the night, It'll have the two superstars in the match and right underneath, it'll have a picture of you like this. And it'll That's say, awesome. if you love this match, thank this man. So a lot of times on the wrestling groups, if you go on like Facebook or Instagram yeah. or and you produce the match or what the fans perceive to be the match of the night, yeah. you're viral the next day. I've seen it a lot. That people, is so awesome. I, I remember the little period where like whoever's being the producer, like of each match was kind of getting, I've been tagged in them on Twitter and I was getting outed on a few. I mean, their matches I was proud of is like Seth versus Dolph. But I remember 
I felt like someone inside was like almost wondering if I was leaking it because it like <laughs> definitely matches that I'd be very like I'd be very proud of that it's out there. And then I remember uh, actually getting tagged in a picture and a fan. You fans are too smart, man. You guys are figuring everything out. These guys, <laughs> these fans were sitting like on the hard cam side and taking a picture from like the jib camera that had kind of like the match, not the layouts of like what was happening in the match, just like kind of the match order and who was the producer, like just the lineups. And uh, I remember I, I showed it to Johnny because I, I got tagged and I said, look, fans are getting this now. Like this is how advanced and how smart they are. <laughs> just so you guys know, it wasn't me putting it out there. I wouldn't do that. Uh, there's certain things that I will never, uh, do like that in in uh, wrestling and just uh, I I maybe I'm one of the last of it I came up in an old school way but um man yeah like I my friend you know what to that point my friend sent me something and uh it was very cool but it was about the uh it's the match where Bailey turns on Sasha after the match but against Nia and Shayna and um I got a tagged and my friend sent me that because the person didn't actually tag me, but it said like, uh, the turn was awesome at the end, but go watch this match and go look at the storytelling in this match. And they're like, I have, I have it saved in my favorites. I don't know the exact verbiage, but the guy's like, he's like, and he didn't see a script that said like my name. He said, I know by the way this match went down, this is a Tyson kid match. And like, here's the thing. He's right. He called it. And that's not just me. That's also the girls I'm working with. Man. Like we're, we're all on that same page. And I, like I said, I've been working with them a lot in 2020 and just the way things have kind of broken down. And um, it, so like, we're all, it's not like it's just my creation. It isn't, but we're all just on that same page. And I know like they just, what's so cool is they just want to be as good as absolutely possible. They don't care what the costs are. And um, it's awesome. And it's, it, it makes my job like so fun. I'm not, like, I know it's going to sound like an exaggeration, but like, I go to work with a smile on my face every day. I may not always leave with that smile on my face, but I go there with a smile on my face. No, I leave with, I leave with a smile on my face every time. And I this is the talent that I'm working with now are the same talent that reached out to me when I got hurt, man. So I'm just super grateful. Um, I'm very lucky to be able to do what I do. Uh, I was very grateful and very fortunate for my in-ring career and I'm very grateful and fortunate for what I do now and the people that I get to work with. Absolutely. Absolutely. 150%. And if evolution two ever does happen down the line, and I know it will a dream match for me. And I hope that it happens. You know, maybe you could put the bug in somebody's ear for me and hook it yeah. up. Uh, it's gotta be, I, I just see it in my head and I think it would be a barn burner. Uh, Natty versus Rhea Ripley. Just shut up and take my money. Oh, Shut up man. and take my money. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, Natty, like, I know it's now been kind of talked about on TV the past few months, but, like, she really does have the most matches of any female in WWE history. Um, the most overall matches, the most wins, the most, like, I'm sure the most losses, whatever. But just the most matches, man, which, is, like, says a lot. It just says a lot about someone's longevity and the different, like, um, Natty always says this. I hear her in interviews, and she's right, like, she was ready for this woman's evolution before this, before WWE was ready for the woman's evolution. So she's been waiting for this. Um, not waiting. I would, I don't say waiting. She wasn't just sitting back waiting. She was working towards it, but she'd been ready for it. And I mean, man, I know Rhea's super young. 
uh, world of potential, so much potential. She's already so good. Um, I mean, yeah, the, uh, if while that match is happening, maybe I'll just sit in the stands and watch and enjoy it as a fan because like, it'd be better than having to call it to the truck, I think. Absolutely. If that match ever does happen, I'm buying a ticket. You hit yeah. me up on Instagram. We'll sit down. We'll watch yes. that together. I'll even buy a ticket for you. 100%. Yes. Uh, 100%. I'll uh, couple, absolutely. Oh, sweet. All right. It's on camera. I love it. Yes. Uh, a couple more questions. I'm going to let you enjoy your evening. Yeah, man. But I got to ask. Natty is like a cat aficionado. She loves them. You guys have a whole bunch. Yeah. Were you always a cat person as well? Or did being with Natty make you a cat person? Kind of a corny uh, question. But I always yeah, 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 myself no, up and good. ask that. Uh, so I think I'm more of the cat person than she is. Um, I remember like, so then almost similar to wrestling. Uh, I liked wrestling the first time I saw it. Then it quickly gets banned in my house. My cousin showed it to me. Then later on, like, as I said, I'd be get, become befriended by Teddy and I'm engulfed into the Hart family. Um, cats, very similar in terms of uh, I always wanted a cat. But my sisters were allergic to cats when they were real young. And maybe my mom was too. So I wasn't able to get a cat. And um, we had like bunnies and stuff like that. And then I remember my mom getting a cat for some weird reason. And magically she's not allergic anymore. Neither of my sisters. Um, <laughs> so maybe yeah. you had to be older. You had to be a little older. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they, maybe they weren't allergic. I literally don't know. But anyway. Uh, so yeah, I was always a cat lover. Um, first time I met Natty, remember she is funny enough that she's a cat lover now because I remember her always talking about this dog that she had first time I met her when she, you know when we we're kids but um yeah like the cats I they love both of us but they man they they like don't leave me alone when I'm home they love they the cats love 2020 and they love this schedule where I'm home every night they 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 want more of they want more of this schedule I'm home every night they get to sleep with me every night they get a uh I don't know if it's my body temperature is always warm like they they just they sleep with me all the time man my cats are with me all the time when i'm home my one guy like he now has to come in the garage and just sit there while i'm working out and he'll go back and forth but i don't let the others in just him like i try to let them have each their own little like step i have five of them and like i try to have little differences with all five but um yeah man i i, I love them i love I'm, a, I'm an animal lover but i love cats Absolutely. I'm a dog person. I have been a dog person my whole life, but I do have an appreciation yeah. for the cats. And I do think your cats are, from what I've seen on Total Divas and stuff like that, your cats are adorable. I'm yeah. just, I'm a dog dude, man. I, yeah, like, I, to got you. I, got you. I like to sit there and, and give headlocks and, you know, rub them and then play. Like I got a little Maltese and she bites my yeah. hand and I'll pick her up and just wave around like this. It's great. That's awesome. I love it. Um, yeah. uh, so when this drops, this will be dropping in January. So we're going to be okay. you know, a couple weeks out from Royal Rumble. So I okay. got to pick your brain. Yeah, I would, I would like to give you my two picks for the women's Royal Rumble and the men's Royal Rumble. Okay, yes, please. And then if you want to give me your two picks, come Royal Rumble, I'm going to tag okay. you in a Royal Rumble post, and we're going to okay. see if we were right. But for this year's men's Royal Rumble, I'm putting my money on my boy because he's just built like me. I actually have been called his twin, Kevin Owens. Putting okay. Kevin Owens as a stamp for the men's Royal Rumble. And for the women's Royal Rumble, man, I just see somebody from NXT kind of breaking through and surprising everybody. So if I had to, if I really, really had to, I want to put my pick for Candice LeRae. If she's in it, I'm putting my pick for Candice LeRae. So funny. I was recently talking about the Royal Rumble, like as weird as um, 
WrestleMania was last year with no fans and none, none of like the NXT people as an audience um, in Orlando. WrestleMania was just like no fans. Um, I think, I think the craziest thing out of all these and, and just these crazy times is going to be the Royal Rumble in terms of um, not having a live audience. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, we feel this every week as talent and as producer, every person in the company, we feel this every week. Um, but I think Royal Rumble more so. I mean, I don't know what the audio is going to be if we're going to have, I'm sure we have, you know, audio of a countdown, but um, it's not the same. Um, it's crazy. Like, it's, it's going to be so different, Royal Rumble. Um, hmm, in terms of the guys, I'm just trying to think. So Roman's champion right now, Drew's champion right now. Hmm. Who do I think will win the guys rumble? I am going to go with, I'm going to go with Braun Strowman. Okay. For the men's rumble this year. I like it. I like it. I like it. Now we know a lot of times the big guys are favored in these things and then they get double teamed and, you know, triple teamed and put out. Uh, so I could be hundred percent wrong. I'm going to go with Braun. As for the girls, the women's, I am going to guess. So I'm sure there'll be people from NXT, obviously. Uh, I'm just going to go up the top and I'm just going to guess Bianca Belair. She had, a great, she had a great rumble last year. You're right. Yeah. Great, great rumble. Like, great rumble. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like the pick. And before my final question, wrap it up so you can enjoy your evening. I want to officially <laughs> let you know you're now a member of the Straight Talk family. You have my email. I have yours. Anytime awesome. you want to come back on the show, it would be yeah, an honor to speak with you. Awesome. Awesome. And my final question. There have been a lot of rumors swirling around in 2020. You posted pictures of working out, looking probably best shape you've ever been in in your life. And as the internet always does, it does not tell the complete truth. But is there any truth to the fact that there may be an in-ring return with all the in-ring returns we've seen this year with medical science and how far it's come. Is there a potential for Tyson Kidd to step back through those ropes if safely and can be done? So, and I, I, I said this earlier too, to somebody, um, it's kind of cool. Like no matter how many times I say like, no, like my in-ring career is done. Uh, I'm not kidding. I probably get messaged about it every single day, whether it's on an Instagram post or DM um facebook whatever but i appreciate it i appreciate people wanting me to have one more match or one more run or maybe you know just a full-on comeback um i can appreciate that I, i'm glad that they like either think i'm you know tricking them or i mean it's cool it's very cool and i'm glad that there's even if it's one person i'm glad that there's some interest um unfortunately i i don't i i well i say i don't think unfortunately that will never happen. Um, I'm, I'm retired. Uh, I wanted to do one more Royal Rumble. That was a couple of years ago. Um, then when we kind of discussed it, we discussed like just, it was so crazy. Just when we discussed kind of like trying to take care of everything on our end, that just there's still elements that we fully can't control. And in my mind, in my mind, I pictured like I'm standing on the steps and some guy, you know, jumps from the crowd and pushes me from behind and I snap back. And then three months later, uh, that guy comes in and takes down Brett and Natty at the Hall of Fame. And I was like, oh, my God, I had this vision 
three months ago, except it was someone doing it to me from behind, taking me down off the steps. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. I had this vision. So it was me happening to me. Um, so kind of, it's funny, like I had that in my mind. And when I saw that, I was like, you know what? Think, think Vince made the right call. And um, maybe me not doing the, I wanted to do the rumble really just so I could write the last paragraph of my in-ring career. And I could kind of go out a little bit closer to my terms. Uh, but I understand it's not always, um, it's not always a possibility. And someone's asked me like, what about Royal Rumble this year? Like now there's no fans, take that element out of it, which I understand. But uh, like, so here's the thing. If someone were to come and ask me in the company and say, hey, do you want to do the Royal Rumble this year? I would do it, um, I guess. Oh, not I guess, I would do it. But I'd prefer if I were to do one more like that, I would prefer that fans were there. And like, I always really liked Phoenix. And that's where that money in the bank was that I was in. And uh, that's where Royal Rumble was two years ago. And that's when I was trying to, uh, trying to sneak on to. I thought Phoenix would be cool. Um, uh, don't get me wrong, any Royal Rumble would be cool. A uh, little bit, uh, not quite the same without fans, but I mean, it would still be, it still would be awesome. It still would, it still would be me, me writing my own chapter. So and now, now I'm on the, now I'm on the, uh, spectrum i guess that if it gets brought up to me then i'm definitely open to it but i'm not pursuing it um and that would just be if it were a Royal rumble it literally would be one and done it wouldn't then turn into like oh one more match you just my neck i just i don't think i can fall back is the is the thing i'm pretty sure i can't and i i don't really want to risk it to be honest i feel i feel great um my injury was over five years ago and i feel very good and i don't ever want to um risk chancing you know being back in that position i was in and uh my neck injury is different than the most uh, my c1 and c2 are fused which is very different than everyone else it, it sounds so weird and i say this a bunch too like there's weird normal wrestling neck fusions and there's normally like your c5 and c6 mine's my c1 and two it's the very first discs that you have and the c1's not even shaped like your other vertebrae the c2 it, and the rest are all kind of shaped similarly. C1 is shaped very differently, but they're my one and two are fused together. It's very different. Um, I was told the injury is very similar to Christopher Reeves. Um, the the guy that would be the closest in terms of uh, how high up his fusion is, the, to the best of my knowledge in wrestling, would be Steve Austin. I think his is a C3 and C4 fusion. And I mean, he wrestled from that happened in 97, but then he wrestled five, kind of from 98 to 03. So he did do, he did do five more years, but um, one of those years he had neck surgery. So he's out for like 99 to 2000. He's out for almost an entire year. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, he, now it's, you know, kind of famous the walkout that he, when he left for a little while. Yeah. So in those five years that he still wrestles after his neck injury, over about a year and a half of that is actually not actively wrestling. So, and even, even that first few months from his neck injury too. So maybe almost two years of those five is actually not wrestling and my fusions even higher up. And so for me, I just think, and I've been very, very lucky and very fortunate and blessed that I found this other role and it's vibe. It vibes with me and it works with me. And um, I don't want to mess that up. I don't want to mess. Uh, I don't want to mess anything up in my life, really. But I really don't want to mess that part up. Absolutely. And I can appreciate and understand that. And that's why I asked the question, because I wanted people yeah. to directly from you. 
and to know. Of course, I mean, and, and I get the question and I, I, I knew like when Natty first posted the video of like me hitting the ropes and doing the springboard and then I posted it, I knew obviously what it's going to, I'm not stupid. I know what that kind of reaction that's going to elicit. Um, I was just mostly wanting to do that for myself and just, uh, that was literally was on Natty recorded. it. That was the very first springboard I did in five years. It was crazy. It looked, well, it looked like, it looked like riding a bike, man. It looked picture perfect to me. Picture perfect to me. Thank you. Tyson Kidd, if anyone is stupid enough to not be following you on social media, where can they find you on a wonderful world of social media? Uh, I'm at TJ Wilson 7-Eleven on Instagram. The 7-Eleven's because TJ Wilson was taken. 7-Eleven's my birthday. I could have put WWE or something else. I just thought, let me just put in 7-Eleven. And then like it went through and I was like, oh, I, I guess no one has that. And then uh, I mean, that's my birthday, 7-Eleven. So it works. Uh, and then on Twitter, I'm at uh, just TJ Wilson. Awesome. And I'm a glutton for self-promotion. So on Instagram, I'm oh, yeah. at Straight Talk Wrestling. And on Twitter, I'm at underscore Straight Talk. And if I can get a follow from a man of your caliber, yes, sir. that will be, right be a Christmas gift come early for sure. Absolutely. Hell yeah, man. My All right. Brother, you go enjoy the rest of your evening. Again, it was a complete honor to speak with you. And George, thank I, will, you too, man. I will tag you in everything when the episode yes. drops. Please do. And I'll hit you with that ball right after this. Absolutely, brother. Thank you. Awesome. You take care. George, take care, man. All right, peace. Awesome. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Oh.